Hey, Jen, want to talk about, uh, you know, um, how should I say this? Just say what you need to say. Great. Today we're going to discuss sexual pursuers who are afraid to ask for what they really want. Let's do it. to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Hello. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Intimate Covenant Podcast. We are so thrilled to have you with us. We uh, officially have passed the two-year mark with this podcast. That's right. Here we are, <laughs> two years in. Two years Does that in. mean I get to quit now? Uh, and the, that's an open contract, <laughs> renewable every week. Sure it is. Thanks for joining nah. us, Jen. And thank you, uh, listeners, for joining us. Uh, we're so thrilled to have you, and we're so thrilled for the growth uh, that we have seen. Um, That's right. Hopefully that means that we're we're making some difference and, and we certainly uh, get feedback all the time uh, that is appreciative and we just really, uh, we appreciate hearing from you and hearing yes. uh, that, that sometimes we actually make a difference and sometimes we actually <laughs> say something that is helpful. That's right. We had the opportunity this weekend um, with a couple of various local things we attended to get to meet some new listeners and that's always a lot of fun and also always a lot of, I don't know, like it's just crazy to me to have people walk up to me and say, I recognize your voice. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. don't know what to do with that most of the time. <laughs> are you the podcast couple? <laughs> yes, that's that's true. And sometimes you don't know, are they about to uh, tear into us accusatorily or are they about to encourage us? You guys are crazy. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, you never know what you're going to get. But uh, as Jen stated at one point, uh, we... Uh, in, in some circles have lost our anonymity. That's and, right. Um, that's a little disconcerting for someone like Jen who does not appreciate <laughs> I attention. I like blending in, but that's okay. <laughs> we honestly love it when, when we get to meet you all in person and and recognize that, you know, we're not just talking to a microphone. Yes. There's a lot of you out there and we hope that this is making a difference. Uh, and I think, great segue, Jen, meeting people in person, I, I think that's a, a important point to make because... There's less than a couple of weeks to register for the retreat. Yes, our retreat registration closes on September 1st, um, unless we sell out before then. And as of now, of the time of this recording, there is less than 10 spots remaining, yeah. like a small handful yeah, I mean, of I, spots remaining. So if you're one of those hanging on the fence, you keep talking about it, but you haven't committed you are about out of time. Time, time to make and up your space. mind. Yeah, time to commit because you're about to get committed uh, to missing out. Yeah, uh, we are very close to selling out, which we are unbelievably excited about. Lots of new faces joining us. Lots of lots of returning um, people to the retreat, and we just love these couples yeah, so much. Yeah, there's a great we mix of folks. Wait. Yeah, great mix of folks that are returning, and and lots of folks who are coming for the first time. Yeah, uh, many folks that we've never met before in person, and so that, like Jen was saying, we just really 
enjoy that opportunity to see new couples, meet new couples, right. engage with them, and, and really have a great time. So come join the fun if you're if you're thinking about it. Now's the time to pull the trigger. You got it. All right, Matt. So we're starting this episode off with some good clarity because the whole episode, hopefully, is going to be about speaking clearly, yes. right? Let's get some clarity in our communication with one another. I think that's important. The, the, this whole idea for this episode comes from an email. And mm-hmm. as always, we just deeply appreciate the emails that we get from you all, uh, both in terms of feedback, but also in terms of questions or sometimes taking uh, a previous topic in and seeing it from a different perspective. Uh, that I, I think really... that's what I love the most is when, you know, people are responding to previous episodes and kind of helping us see it through their eyes. Yes. Um, we love that. We love hearing the feedback. Um, so this one comes from a husband. Yeah. And we've kind of cut it down just for sake of time and clarity. Um, but Matt, why don't you read this email? Okay, so the, the email says, so much good material in the last few weeks. I really appreciate it. You made a point about a woman's mind being her biggest sex organ. So when it comes to fantasy or obstacles to sex, orgasm, etc., her mind matters most. You made a point about her needing to think about sex while doing laundry or other non-sexual things. The point was made that husbands can help by taking stress off their wife. I don't disagree with the point in the sense that this definitely can help, but I think it only matters if she uses the reduced stress and theoretical mental space to actually think about sex. I have always tried to do this, and not just for sex, but because I want to take care of my wife. I found reducing stress or trying to take things off of her plate never meant she was more interested in sex. It allowed her to be more focused on other things, but not really sex. If it led to anything physical, it was more cuddling, more massages, But I think there was little recognition on her part that those things, although nice, were not all that fulfilled me sexually. I sort of feel like it probably, uh, sorry, I sort of feel like it is probably not a path to more sex unless the wife is actively working on thinking about sex more anyway. I found even my relatively high desire wife just still doesn't connect day to day things like to sex like I do. I have to just be straightforward with her. Your podcasts have been great about how both husbands and wives should be thinking about sex. So this isn't a criticism at all. Just just sharing my experience as a husband who has often done a lot to try to help my wife, whether or not I was hoping for sex in return, and sometimes I was, and what I have observed over a good number of years. I just hate to think that some poor guy out there is hoping that doing the dishes and cleaning the house is going to make his wife suddenly think, now I have time for sex. It's more likely, now I have time to write those thank you notes I've been meaning to write for six (laughs) weeks. Unless you say, I'd like to connect with you tonight. Would it help you if I did a few things uh, to help get you there? It has to be direct, I think. Great email. Great comments, I I love the... I love the, the... All of the thought behind it and the insight into this is how it has played out in our marriage. Yep. And especially the thought of the poor hu- the poor husbands who are out there doing dishes thinking, tonight's the night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to dig into this. Um, now, this email, we should say, just for sake of clarity, because it does start out by um, 
kind of building off of some episodes that um, were at the time that the email was sent. So this email was sent to us, um, I think back in April. The context of the email is coming from the series that we did on orgasms and even uh, an episode we did on fantasy. Mm -hmm. So around 86, 87, 88, those kind of episodes, um, I think is where he's he's getting some of the ideas from. And in those episodes, some of our advice to wives included making regular habits of focusing their minds to help arouse desire, um, both for their husbands in general, but also for sex and and the sexual relationship. Um, We also suggested in some of those episodes that husbands can help by providing space and time for their wives to help decrease their wives' obligations and and the stress that their wives are, are dealing with. Um, and so that, that's kind of the context from where this is coming from. And I can't agree more that this emailer is absolutely correct, that it is a wife's responsibility mm-hmm. to actively engage her mind. And it's her responsibility to be intentional and, and to um, more intentionally pursue a more connected sex life. Right. I mean, it like we said in those episodes, it's it's the wife's primary responsibility to arouse her own desire. Right. You know, she shouldn't just be sitting around waiting for him to turn her on because yes. that's actually not his job. Well, now, he's not it's not even possible for him to do that. I mean, exactly. a husband can make this easier or more difficult, certainly, but he only has so much influence over her heart and her mind. Right, right. And it's usually not only the husband's fault when she's not in the mood. Yes, right. You know, so both have to recognize that each have a part to play. Yes, absolutely. And as the emailer suggested, um, so well stated, that there are probably husbands who might have heard our advice in those episodes and have been busily doing the dishes and taking out the trash (laughs) and changing dirty diapers, expecting that their wives will suddenly get all hot and bothered and drag them to bed. Um, if that has been happening in your marriage, yay for you, but I think we should probably be a little bit more realistic than that. Let's get real here. Um, no matter what you do as a husband, it is unlikely that you're going to have any influence over changing her from having a responsive desire to a spontaneous desire. And I think that's an important point to dwell on for a moment. Um, the, the goal in our advice to wives of think more about sex was not in order to then be more like your husband. The the goal was to create mental space and ability to be more responsive sexually. And so husbands, I think, pursuer husbands, it's especially important that they recognize that it's not their goal to turn their wife into one that has spontaneous desire or, or even... For them to desire that that's what they'll be like. Yeah, this should never be your goal. If your fantasy is that she's suddenly going to become hot and horny, you're <laughs> likely going to be quite disappointed. I mean, your fantasy needs to be realistically focused on the woman that you are married to. Right. And if your wife is a responder by nature, mm-hmm. which shouldn't surprise most of us because most wives are sexual responders, stop trying to turn her into something that she is not. Um, now, could she develop more spontaneous desire through some growth and development and pushing her comfort zones and maybe even just changing in the seasons of her life? That could be, but you're not going to change her who she is in her core. Right. Well, exactly. And, you know, 
as a whole, she's going to even when there are times when she's more able to tap into sexual arousal that might appear more spontaneously, if she's by nature a responder, it's going to be in a more responsive kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. She's responding to something. She might be more able to respond. And Mm -hmm. again, the, Mm -hmm. the advice was help her be more able to respond, you know, yes. help take things off of her plate as you can. Right. right. Your goal but, as a pursuer is yeah. to create a safe space for her to be able to respond. Yeah. And then her job is to be prepared to respond, but being the best responder that she can be. Yes. So I think, you know, first and foremost, we have to understand each other's roles Absolutely. in this. And we've said a lot about that in the past. You could certainly scroll back and look through some of the previous episodes about spontaneous and responsive desire um, and and why it's important to understand that and living the role that you were created to uh, be. Mm -hmm. But it it will still be crucial for you, though, as the pursuer to initiate sexual conversation and activity. Right. So unless you're initiating that as a pursuer, then it's likely not going to happen with the kind of regularity and with the uh, kind of variety that you would like unless you're the one that's initiating it. Right. I mean, I think it's important for pursuers to to recognize that if they think that doing the dishes for her means that she will automatically realize that you're trying to se- connect with her sexually, well... That's just not the case. Yeah, you're you're very sadly mistaken and going to be disappointed. You're going to do a lot of dishes uh, before you recognize that that might not have any connection to sex for her. Right, right. Because just doing dishes or rubbing her back or putting the kids to bed or cuddling or even taking her out on dates will not necessarily communicate to her that you're pursuing sex with her. So you you've got to learn how to frame this. Yes, and communicate what your expectations are, at least what your desires are. Now, you know, we kind of talked about this in episode 75 about chore play, that, that episode back mm-hmm. in way back in January. That's a good one. Um, you know, the, the idea that is it okay to exchange chores or favors for sex with your spouse? And right. I think just to summarize all of that, and, and it might be good to go back and review some of that information, but a transactional view of sex ultimately is harmful to your relationship. Right. And it's certainly not a biblical view of sex. Right. And to be clear, this is not what the emailer is suggesting. And it's not what we're prescribing here either. Because paying attention to your wife's needs and her desires is simply your job as her husband. Right. Okay. And, it, and that's just your, it's your job. That's what you signed up for. That is what you vowed to do is to pay attention to her needs and desires. That's what it means in Ephesians 5 to nourish and cherish her. Right. That's you're, taking you're care of her. You're not doing all of that just so you earn sex. Right. You now, know? And that's the, you need to have the right mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it just so happens that paying attention to her needs and her desires is a great aphrodisiac as well. Well, yeah, because God designed this perfectly, yes. right? Because <laughs> that is tapping into emotional connection yes. with her, which builds into physical connection, which builds into emotional exactly. connection, right? Yes. If you're it's connecting, meant to be yeah. a cycle. If you're connecting with her and taking care of her and all of those other realms, it, it only makes sense that that's going to accentuate her desire for you sexually as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, and all of this, I guess, gets back to the emailer's main point, which we're always good at going off on tangents <laughs> here. But the emailer's main point is if a husband is serving his wife, even for the right reasons, his wife may never know what his intentions and his desires are sexually. Right. He says, I found even my relatively high desire wife just still doesn't connect day to day things to sex like I do. Well, You're right, because a responder does not innately associate all things with sex. And therefore, she may not know that that's what he's wanting to do, to connect with her sexually. That that is, that's his motivation. That's where he's coming from. There's, that's where he's at. It, It doesn't matter how many dishes you do. Your responder wife, I know this is a disappointment to all you pursuers, so just (laughs) hear me out. Doing dishes does not equal she's now thinking about sex and how badly she wants sex with you. It just doesn't. Yeah, having more free time in her day does not mean she now has time to sit and spontaneously think about having sex with you. Right, And, and again, like we addressed in those previous episodes, she has a responsibility to think about sex. And that's why I recommended Mm -hmm. folding Mm -hmm. laundry is a great time to train yourself to think about sex, to tap into your sexual desire and arousal. But But just like you as a pursuer would never sit with, knowing that you have some free time coming up, you would never sit down and think, oh, with all this free time, I bet I could reorganize the pantry. (laughs) That would never cross your mind, right? Right. Probably not. So I think this is why direct communication and stating your true intentions are so important because I think we know this innately, but it's so important for us to stop and dwell on the fact that we don't think the same way. Yeah. And pursuers, we're talking to you here. Yeah. Direct communication and stating your true intentions is so important for pursuers. Uh, And so that's why we're going to expand this idea about being direct with our communication after the break. Ah, summertime. Time for relaxing by the pool or on the beach, putting your feet up and taking it easy, soaking in the warmth of the summer sun. Whose world do you live in? More like... Time to pack and unpack the endless bags, shuttling kids to camp and to grandma's house and to the family reunion, crammed in the minivan for hours on end, sleeping in uncomfortable beds, all while sweating buckets in the heat and humidity. Sounds like you need something refreshing and relaxing to look forward to. And I know just the thing, the annual Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat. So true. Looking forward to the rest and relaxation we'll be having at the Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat this fall. That's the perfect way to survive the chaos of the summer months. The 2022 Marriage Retreat will be held at the Springwoods Marriott in the Woodlands, Texas on September 22nd through the 24th. Our theme this year is Extraordinary Lovers, taking your marriage from good to great. 
Jen and I will present some new and challenging and fun sessions designed to encourage conversations with your spouse. But don't worry. You'll have plenty of time for rest, refreshment, and relaxation with your beloved. It'll be the perfect recovery from your busy summer and getting those kids back to school. Register now at our website, intimatecovenant.com retreat. Space is limited and it's filling fast, so register today. You can save your spot with just a $200 deposit. Now, go enjoy your summer and don't forget the sunscreen. All right, pursuers. We're going to we're going to get a little bit more in detail about direct communication and don't worry, responders, we're going to talk to you too, but mm-hmm. I, I do want to be direct with pursuers. Um, I think that sometimes is the best language for a pursuer to hear uh, in a lot of ways. But what I want to start out with is making clear that intimate sex and the best sex requires communication. Yes. Because it's not just about what you're doing with your bodies, right? right. We, we've talked about this before, but Sex is about building a relationship. Right. And relationships require that you're communicating. And so yes. you're not having the best sex you could be having unless you're talking about Ab- sex. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the, the truth is, you know, you are communicating whether or not you're having conversations about this, True. whether or not you're intentionally communicating about this or not, you are communicating something. Because what you are saying, and in many cases, what you are not saying about your sexual relationship is telling your spouse something. Mm -hmm. They're hearing something by what you are saying and by what you are not saying. And so even if you think you are communicating in some way, your spouse may not be hearing what you are trying to say. (laughs) They may not be hearing it the way that you are trying to express it, or they simply may not be hearing you at all. Right. Because you're not even speaking their language. Right. And this should not be a surprise to us because there's no topic that is completely resolved and completely worked out with a single conversation or even a few conversations. Your your entire life together as a married couple is going to be continuing to communicate so that you can continue to understand each other. But this is especially true with sex because it's something that's so private, so internal, so deep within us. You're so vulnerable in sex that, that our innate response to that is to, you know, put those barriers up, right? Put the fig leaves on, Right. right? Kind of, kind of high. We might be comfortable to some level being vulnerable with one another in the privacy of our bedroom with the lights off, but it's very vulnerable and soul-bearing to talk about this face-to-face, right. eye contact to eye, you know, and in, in the daylight. That's right. <laughs> but that's what's needed in order for sex to truly be intimate. And, and like you were saying, Matt, it's not just one conversation. Yeah. You got to get good at having these conversations. Yes, it has to be an ongoing, lifelong conversation. And, and I'll just say, I think this is especially important for pursuers that not only do you have responsibility for initiating the sexual relationship or in terms of initiating sex, act, the, the 
time and the way that you would like to have sex, Mm -hmm. that's important for you to initiate. But it's also important for you to initiate the conversations about sex because your responder uh, spouse is not very likely to have the innate drive to start that conversation. Right. For a number of reasons. Right. And, you know, that that's maybe good or bad. That may be a fault or not, but it just simply is what it is in most cases. Well, a, a lot of responders, sexual responders tend to also be emotional pursuers. And so they are good at having emotionally pursuing a lot of conversations, but those conversations are usually centered around that emotional connection. Mm -hmm. That can be confusing for a pursuer if they don't understand the dynamics of this because they think you want to talk about everything, but we bring up sex and you clam up, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a a little bit of a mixed message. But let me just, pursuers, stop hinting and stop probing, okay? Mm. You, when it comes to initiating sex or conversations about sex, stop hinting because in many cases, your, your spouse is not going to hear what you're asking for. You need to state your intentions directly and specifically. In other words, your spouse needs to very clearly hear that you want to have sex and that you want to have a specific kind of sex. Your, your spouse needs to know that directly and, and just hinting at this with a hug or a pat on the butt or a wink doesn't tell, in many cases, does not tell your spouse anything right. about what you want. Right. In some, in some cases, your wife probably doesn't even recognize that you've made a sexual advance at her because you haven't really expressed yourself fully. Right. And, and you know, a, a hug, a back rub, doing dishes... Again, like we were saying before the break, those don't have any sexual connection for most responders. Now, these might make your responder feel closer to you. Certainly, they have a a role to play, but those things aren't directly telling your wife that you're hoping for sex tonight, that you're trying to seduce her. She may not actually... So I think a lot of times pursuers feel rejection that they kind of bring on themselves because they don't ever even really actually give their responder time and place to reject them. Yes. Their spouse has not rejected them because they never heard the question. Right. And yet many pursuers go to bed frustrated or even angry and resentful that they've feel rejected when they never even made a pass. They They think they did. Yes. But that's what we're trying to explain (laughs) to you with all these words you're not actually making a pass unless you have spoken it. Now, I know Hollywood doesn't do it this way. <laughs> In the Hollywood movies, he puts the kids to bed and sh- meets her downstairs. And, I mean, she's in lingerie now because she was like, wow, look right. how amazing he is. That's not real life. It's not how life works, right? Right. And you know this because that's what's happening, right? right. This is probably a pretty familiar scenario for many of you. Right. That said, pursuers, the hug, the back rub, the doing the dishes, those things shouldn't happen only when you want to have sex. Either. Right. Right. Again. And that's what we talked about in that chore play episode. Do not make sex transactional. Yes. Do not make it, if I do this, you owe me that. Right. Exactly right. right. So be connecting with her, hugs and back rubs and helping her out. Those are all places of connection, but don't just do that when 
I want to have sex because yeah. guess what? She'll learn to resent that. Yes, absolutely. Now, I, I want to challenge you pursuers, especially those pursuers of you that are avoidant and mm-hmm. not and afraid to express yourself. I, I, I want you to ask yourself the question, why am I afraid to ask for what I really want? Right. When Matt said a minute ago, be direct and say statements like, I want to have sex. I want to have this kind of sex. If your innate response was, I can never say that. Okay. He's talking to you right now. (laughs) Now, you don't have to use those words. You can certainly flower that up a little bit, obviously. (laughs) But lean into, why am I afraid for asking exactly what I want? Yes. Why am I afraid? Am I afraid of conflict? Am I afraid of the the fight or the the conversation that is going, maybe necessarily will follow that statement? Mm-hmm. Um, am I afraid of losing the little bit of unsatisfying sex that I'm already having? Am I afraid that if I am more direct with what I say that she's going to turn even further away from me? And so I'm willing to settle for an unsatisfying sex life in order to keep the little thread of hope that I have alive? Am I afraid that by being more vocal, I'm going to lose what I already have? Am I afraid of having to be vulnerable? Am I afraid even of my, am I afraid of my own fantasies, my own desires? Mm -hmm. Am I afraid to even say that out loud because of what my spouse might think of me or or what uh, conversations that's going to necessarily bring up? Am I afraid to have that conversation about where do these fantasies come from and why do I want this way or that way or why do I want it so frequently? Right. And I would say to, in answer to all of that, if if your failure to really ask for what you want is coming from a place of being afraid, don't just sit in that fear. Instead, realize that if you will lead her to a place of security for both of you, your sex life will grow exponentially yeah. because what she also wants is that safety and security. Mm-hmm. And that comes from knowing you and being known. And so we do often have this place of, I'm just afraid that if I say what I really want, I'm going to be rejected. Or if I say what I really want, that's going to to scare her away and I, I, at least I have a little bit of sex. Well, you know what? You could have a whole lot better sex if you start getting a whole lot more solid in who you are. Yeah, but as a pursuer, you have to stop dwelling on the possibility of rejection. And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of us are coming from. Most of us as pursuers, our biggest fear is being rejected. And so if we don't actually ask, then we can't ever be fully rejected. But yet you often act like you are rejected, (laughs) right? It doesn't make sense. (laughs) Clearly, it doesn't make sense logically, but that's where we're coming from. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm asking you, urging you, stop being afraid of rejection. Mm -hmm. Rejection is just another data point, right? Rejection means, oh, well, now I understand that was the wrong way to ask. So that's, that's information now that I have to approach my spouse in a better way or oh, this was definitely not a good time to ask, or these are not good circumstances, or some information you might get is, wow, we definitely need to have a conversation about this, or we need to have more conversation. This is a place where we need to explore each other emotionally and spiritually as well. Um, So rejection is just data Mm -hmm. if you're living a confident, bold, pursuing life, right? Yeah. I I think that's a powerful statement though, Matt. (laughs) Rejection is data. 
Um, the, the other thing that pursuers are good at is pressuring. And you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There, there are, is a way that we can ask, even if we're being direct, we, there's a way that we can ask that is just expressing to our spouse pressure. Right. If you're expressing that you need sex, then you're just putting yourself as an item on her to-do list. Yeah. Or if that's not what you want. Oh, absolutely. And if you're expressing in a way that is purely one dimensional, like I, I, you know, I just want to have sex instead of saying something like, sweetheart, I'd, I'd really like to offer you an opportunity tonight to relax and to refresh and connect with me on every level. You know, what can I do to help, uh, help make that happen tonight? Or what can I do to help make that happen this weekend? Um, that's an entirely different feel. That's an entirely different question than, uh, you wanna? Yeah. But I would say, I would add to that a little bit, Matt, your statement there. I'm offering you an opportunity to relax, refresh, refresh, connect. And I want that connection to happen emotionally and sexually. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make that happen? Okay, now she knows what you're asking for. Yes, right, exactly. She knows what you're asking for. And you can certainly and, and be even more specific by yeah. even naming uh, the, the the times and the ways and the, the methods that you want to try to connect with her. Right, right. But, but that doesn't feel like pressure to her because you're not demanding. Yes. You're offering. Yes. So just focus on making your statements offering statements, not demanding statements. Yeah. Saying things like, I'm really horny or I really want you. Those statements are not an invitation. That's just, that's just, that's pressure. Right. Right. That, that's because that is a demand on her rather than an invitation or an opportunity to her. Right. Um, so again, use language that's direct, certainly, but language that is not offensive Mm -hmm. language that is not pressuring. In fact, I mean, you, you are, commanded in 1 Peter 3, 7 to live with your wife in an understanding way, right? Mm -hmm. That means you need to be caring. You need to be accommodating. You need to be sympathetic to the circumstances that she is under at at the moment, at that moment in time, Mm -hmm. you, you must understand her. You must seek to understand with her, uh, sorry, understand her and live with her in a way that honors her. Uh, And part of that is by having realistic expectations, well, know what she walked through today. Yes. So it, doing the dishes today, maybe you're just, you're helping her out because her day was full of little people throwing up all day long, right? <laughs> like, who knows? So yeah, it may not result in sex tonight, but if you know what she walked through, then you know when to ask and right. how to be direct in a loving way not a pressuring way. Right. Now, we can now if we flip this conversation, mm-hmm. a, another challenge to this direct communication is that many responders may be very uncomfortable with direct communication. Yes, in fact, I think probably our pursuers that are listening is like, "Oh no, you, I know what will happen if I say that to my responder." And you might be right. You might and be right. you might need to confront your responder for responding that way. Because yes, you're right, Matt. Lots of responders are uncomfortable with direct communication about sex because it requires that responder to confront not only the spouse's desire, but also their own reservations, Mm -hmm. right? A responder's primary, you know, fallback is, I don't know about that. 
I don't know, or I don't want to, you know. And so if you're being direct, it's putting your response, it is putting your responder in a little bit of a place of, okay, I have to confront that. But that's different than pressuring your responder into sex. Absolutely. And I would say in a relationship where the if the pursuer has been previously avoidant or not very assertive, it's definitely going to be a shock to the relationship if this pursuer now is suddenly speaking openly and vulnerably and directly. I mean, we know that story. Absolutely. That is exactly where our marriage was yes. seven, eight years ago. It, it, and It did not make things... <laughs> smoother and more comfortable initially. No. There were some growing pains there. Right, right. But the dynamic can't change until you're both willing to be more honest and vulnerable and direct with each other. Right. And that change usually starts with one. Right. And so, yeah, in our marriage, you were the first one to make that change. And it took me a little bit to come on board. Mm -hmm. But once I saw that you weren't pressuring. You weren't out to just make me feel bad. You were out to build something better mm-hmm. than what we had. I knew your motive was not selfish, but was a desire for both of us to sure. experience and it, it deeper go, connection. It didn't go well always the, the first time around. I mean, the, there were certainly bumps in the road, and I had to learn how to communicate in a way that was caring and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, we got to a place where there was much more open conversation and yeah, because, both of us were more comfortable with it. Right. That. I think I learned I had to learn to see your direct communication about sex as not as pressure or even as a threat, but as an opportunity to better understand you. Mm. I, I saw it as an opportunity to open up the doors of communication, which is what I wanted. Sure. I wanted more connection. I wanted more communication together. And I needed to learn that that meant I needed to talk about sex too. Yeah. And in our relationship, it really was in a lot of ways, a gateway to opening up more open and direct communication about all of our lives, about all of our relationship and allowed us to confront a lot of things that we didn't even realize needed to be confronted that we were sort of hiding behind. So it was definitely a a gateway into a, a better, deeper, fuller relationship. Right. Right. So if your spouse is initiating sexual connection, Recognize that that's an opportunity to be direct about other realms of your relationship. Yeah. I mean, learning to start talking about all realms of your relationship was, yeah. is important. If you're willing to lean into the uncomfortableness of some of those conversations, uh, you will watch your relationship grow and mature because true maturity and happiness as a couple is only going to be able to develop through constant and vulnerable and direct communication. Right. You, you don't get to maturity and happiness ultimately without vulnerability and without direct communication about it. Right. So so at this point, Matt, they're probably thinking, okay, okay, I get it. I get the why, but h- how? How do I do that? Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, that's a good, good question. I think that's the right question. But, you know, we frequently encounter couples, especially young couples, newlyweds or, or, young young couples who have no idea how to talk about sex. Well, I, I think fairly speaking, they have no idea how to talk about anything else for well, that matter. Yes. They don't know how to be that vulnerable with yeah, one another, yeah. you know? They, they've, I hesitate to say this, but they've been sold this idea that in order to have a happy marriage, all you need is love and a Bible. Yeah, that you just marry a Christian and everything else will work it out. It all works out. Right, but... 
we've got to do a better job as a whole community of people in encouraging and supporting this idea that that no, we also need community and we need to learn and and teach one another how to communicate more directly. We need to be talking about this more directly in our own marriages, but we need to be proclaiming this as God's people that there is great beauty in talking more directly and and seeking not just how do we talk about this amongst ourselves, but how what outside resources can help us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these these couples that are struggling um, two or three or five years in, they either learn to communicate better, they either learn to be more direct with each other, sometimes and often by seeking outside resources, mm-hmm. or they silently drift into resentment and cold tension and alienation. Right, right. And so I think, you know, when it comes to the how, well, in order to grow that relationship, there has to start being regular conversations about sex. And these conversations are not conversations that should be happening five minutes before you hope to be having sex. (laughs) Or five minutes after, for that matter. Right, right. But you know, I think we saw the greatest growth in our marriage when we started regularly conversing about sex. Yeah. And 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 that's outside of the bedroom yeah. and learning to begin putting to words what your wants are, your desires, your mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. your fantasies. And again, this isn't just one conversation, right? It it you've got to lean into this and you got to take these baby steps to start getting comfortable with this. But when you have those regular conversations about sex and you begin really understanding what sex means to one another, mm-hmm. then when your spouse says to you, I want to connect with you sexually, you have a framework from which to understand yeah, that. I now mean, you know what it means. If you've never talked about sex and your spouse says, I want to have sex, well, there's a lot of different ways to have sex. Yeah. So what I that wonder even mean? what they're meaning. And what do they what do they want? What are their what do they like? What what do they what are their desires, their expectations? Um I mean, sometimes this even starts by just having a vocabulary that you both Absolutely. understand and making sure that you're saying uh, what you're saying, your spouse understands what you mean by what, what you're saying. Right. Uh, so regular conversations help smooth out not just the initiation of sex, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they will help you both better understand what is going to be required for more mutually meaningful relationship. Right. And again, I, I emphasize that word relationship, yeah. that that th- this has to be something that is mutual. It needs to be something that is mutually pleasurable, something that is mutually meaningful. But regular conversation is required. You, you, you don't get better at anything. You don't connect more. You don't understand more unless you have a conversation about it. You cannot exchange ideas and information uh, and expectations unless you are having conversation about it. Well, and I think you hit on an important point a minute ago, Matt, that you have to have a language, right? I don't know how to talk about this unless I have a language. And frankly, as a responder, that's where I started out. Mm -hmm. It was terrifying to me to talk about sex, but a lot of that was because I didn't even know how to put this to words. And so I didn't even have that language. And I think it's important that that's a great place to start. Absolutely. How do we talk about this? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it, it has to be something that's continuous and ongoing. It, it, having more sex doesn't make you better at having sex. Right. It just 
builds a rut. But having more conversation helps you have something that is more meaningful between the two of you. Right. And so then when you do the dishes and you say to her, I'm looking for some great sexual connection with you tonight, baby. She'll say, oh, got it. Or she might say, yes, that happening tonight, but I will enjoy connecting with you in another way. (laughs) Either (laughs) way, you both have said what you mean. And you've clearly communicated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what this is all about. Absolutely. And then neither of you goes to bed with resentment. And both of you understood exactly what happened. Yes. All right, Matt. Give us our wrap up. All right. Sexual pursuers often struggle to be direct enough to express their sexual desires and expectations in a way that is clearly understood, but not pressuring. Sexual responders may find it difficult to lean into these sometimes uncomfortable conversations. But the most intimate and mutually pleasurable sex life requires constant conversation because sex is not just about what you are doing with your bodies. Intimate sex requires building relationship. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have that conversation about being more direct with your communication with one another. How can you both do a better job of regularly communicating and responding to one another's sexual desires? Thanks for listening, for subscribing. Thanks for rating the podcast and sharing with your friends. Thank you for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.